0: Welcome into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Manna. We got a packed show for you guys this weekend. I hope you are all doing well. Baseball has a lot going on right now as it continues to dominate the summer. We are halfway through the year. I hope that it's been productive and blessed for all of you. And here's to a second half of the year with more blessings and more great sports. Baseball has a lot of stuff going on, but I think the biggest thing needs to be talked about first. Per Jeff Passan and multiple sources, Rob Manfred has spoken about the idea of robotic umpires with an electronic strike zone and a pitch clock being implemented in baseball by 2024. Now, I understand there's been many complaints about umpiring in Major League Baseball. Angel Hernandez at the front of that war. And there's been a ton of really bad calls and different things going on that the players get upset about, the fans get upset about, the coaches get upset about. And Rob Manfred sees this as a way to possibly get more people to stay fans of the game make it easier for fans to get into the game because they use an electronic strike zone then there's less discourse less argument back and forth it is what it is but a robot can make mistakes in his programming just like a person can part of the reason i love sports is the human element to it with the players how Their emotions, mindsets, situations can really alter things. And I feel like although officials are supposed to be neutral and are supposed to just do their job, the human element in the game, calling balls and strikes, calling outs, fair ball, foul ball, these are things that if you take that human element away I feel like could be very detrimental to the game. I think that pitch clocks is something that could be interesting to possibly speed up the game, but when it comes to the automated strike zone and taking the calls away from the officials, that's when you start to lose me a little bit with these possible engagements that they want in baseball to some extent by 2024. It's only two years away, people. I know time flies fast, but... It's Major League Baseball has had umpires for its entirety, and getting rid of the human element, making robots make the calls, I think that could just bring up its whole other list of issues instead of really focusing on grading the officials tougher, maybe putting more accountability on the actual humans and holding them to a higher standard instead of trying to take the decision out of their hands and put it into some program that really could alter the way games go, especially with balls and strikes. If you have a set strike zone for every single player, depending on their height, depending on their batting stance, that strike zone can change and move. So I think it's something that it's not a bad idea and could have some benefits, Replay in Major League Baseball has been a big help, adding more cameras and stuff like that. But I don't think you want to take the entire human element out of it and just try to speed the game up. That's not the way you market baseball to new fans and keep old fans. The way you market baseball is by allowing the fans to follow and watch the teams, using social media to broadcast the amazing talents and personalities That you have across your 30 franchises. And that's where we get into the biggest thing Manfred said. He would love to expand MLB to 32 teams. Now MLB is the last sport out of the four major sports in this country. To have an expansion team. It's been the longest since they've had one. And I don't know how to feel about this. Because... Obviously, having two more stadiums to visit, having more fans being able to see Major League games in maybe parts of the country where there's not really a baseball team, like a Tennessee or something, I think that could be interesting. But I don't think expanding to more teams is really how you will grow this game in this country. I think instead of spending the crazy amount of money between building stadiums, doing some sort of consolation draft where teams protect players and the expansion teams can pick from the pool of available prospects and major league players, and the marketing and materials made to make all the jerseys and fan gear all the equipment needed to run a professional team and where their minor league systems would be in those stadiums. That's a lot of money. So much money that I can't even put an exact number on it to do that for two teams. I get that they're expanding the playoff picture, and if they add another team in each league, it'll make it seem like there's more parity and there's not as big of a percentage of teams making the playoffs. I get that part of it but if you you want to grow this game you need to instead of spending the money doing that spend the money to sign all the major league baseball teams together and whether you divvy it up you need to have a national tv contract like the nfl where there's not blackouts If a kid on the East Coast wants to watch Mike Trout, the best player of this past generation, or Shohei Otani, the most unbelievable unicorn this game has, they should be able to do that with no blackouts. If a kid in the middle of the country wants to go and watch the Houston Astros... They should be able to watch it without any blackouts. There's so many problems with all these individual TV contracts where if I don't have the specific cable with Nessin or the Yes Network on it, and MLB Network or a different place is airing the Red Sox or Yankees game, I can't watch it. And I live in Connecticut. I live smack dab in the middle of Massachusetts and New York. So the fact that there's blackouts in that regard, when you're local, let alone blackouts across the country trying to watch games on the other side of the country, different time zones, you grow the game by allowing the fans to experience the players. NFL Sunday Ticket allows you to see all the touchdowns and amazing highlights from all the teams. And they have 32 teams. MLB's MLB TV says you can watch all the games. You are blacked out from at least a third of them. In some areas and parts of the country, depending on your television service and how many teams have different platforms to show their games, you can be blocked out of a whole lot more. And that's just terrible. Rob Manfred, if if you want to expand to 32 teams, that is fine. But before you expand, change the TV contract. Say, look, we will have 32 teams now. These two teams, they don't have deals with anybody. Use that as a bargaining chip to get some sort of national deal, make some sort of Sunday ticket, but in like a baseball pass, like a grandstand pass. For you to be able to watch. As many games as you want. Because things like MLB TV are not working. As a 23 year old kid. I'm listening to games on MLB audio. Because of all the blackouts. It's way cheaper for the radio version. And I don't get to watch. As many of the players that I'd like to watch. I can watch. and games on cable. And I can watch some of the free offerings. Through YouTube and MLB TV. But it's really a pain to try and watch some of these teams and players that i want to watch so worry about the access fans can have to your players and teams that already exist before you spend the money marketing and building two new teams that would take away from other teams farm systems take a lot of money to build stadiums Brand, trademarks, staffing an entire stadium and organization from the GM's and president's office all the way to the food courts. And it's a lot of people in an MLB organization before you even start getting into the minor league affiliates. So baseball... I don't hate the idea. I understand when you're working with billionaires, there's always pressure to expand. There's always pressure to try and make more money. But if you want to build baseball's fandom back up, where it can maybe catch a basketball in the future, you need to build the access to fans across the country to watch guys like Shohei Otani. To have people in the Midwest and West Coast be able to watch Raphael Devers hit. Aaron Judge hit. You need to be able to build this game from the ground up again. Scrap all the contracts. If one or two teams, like the Yes Network, doesn't want to be part of it, has a lifetime contract for the Yankees, get as many of the 30 teams... 32 teams, if you want to expand on this national contract and grow the game that way. Let the fans watch this sport. That is such a more important cause than just trying to expand and create more flow in this broken up game that is segmented across this country instead of it being America's game. Getting into the actual baseball, because we've had a lot of amazing baseball. June 28th has passed, so I can say it. The Red Sox are back. They're tied for second place with the Blue Jays, both trying to chase this historic run the Yankees are on. But with the new playoff format, I'm feeling good right now about where this Red Sox team is. Rafael Devers, I talked about him and Jose Ramirez. They're making that such a toss-up. Rafael Devers has been raking. Whichever one of those two starts at third base, the other guy's clearly the next guy in. Two unbelievable third basemen. It's a blessing to watch him hit. Chris Sale's on the way. Nathan Ivaldi and Garrett Whitlock. Josh Taylor and James Paxton to a lesser degree. The Red Sox have some pitching reinforcements coming. I won't be shocked if they make a deal for a right-handed reliever either. I know there's been some buzz about a Daniel Bard reunion from Colorado. I would love that. Daniel Bard was a great asset before he got hurt. But the Red Sox... It feels so good to say that they're back. They've won eight of their last 10, going into the weekend, visiting Wrigley for the first time in quite a while. Love when they play the NL Central. That's just amazing. The two most historic parks in Major League Baseball. Two teams that have loyal fans that waited a long time for championships until this century. It's just going to be amazing to watch. Getting into... The injuries that have been going on lately. Bryce Harper broke his thumb, will be out for a while. Blake Snell didn't mean to do it. And you could see the mutual respect between Snell and Harper, two guys that have dealt with a lot of injuries, been at the top of their game, left handed hitter, left handed pitcher. You hate to see that because Bryce Harper was already toughing it out where he probably needs shoulder surgery. So he couldn't play the field, he was DHing. And now to see him go down with a broken thumb when he's been raking and carrying that Phillies team. Really unfortunate. Manny Machado is nursing an ankle injury. He looks like he would be the favorite to start at third base for the NL in the All-Star game. But with the injury, I will not be shocked if Nolan Arenado is in there. Prayer's up to him. Jordan Alvarez, one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Got that big extension been raking for Houston he had a collision and left in one of his recent games doesn't seem to be serious but just another thing to monitor another big name to possibly monitor and baseball is just having an amazing summer in the American League Shohei Otani who I've said is just an amazing unicorn over the last three weeks has been the top pitcher in baseball and been a top 15 hitter. His ERA is under two in his last three weeks. He's batting 300 with some bombs. And he's put himself right back in that MVP conversation. Right now, less than .2 war. Separate Rafael Devers, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Mike Trout, and Shohei Otani. That is going to be an insane AL MVP race. A lot of guys vying for their first MVP. A couple guys in Anaheim vying for multiple MVPs, two and four respectively. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of that season plays out. Because the American League is very good Pitching and hitting wise, Minnesota Twins have climbed to first place, and their pitching coach has left to be the pitching coach at LSU. A first place pitching coach that's having an amazing season. The Twins' pitching staff has been much improved from last year, and he takes a college job while his team's in first place. The American League is just amazing. The young talent, Riley Green's been up for the Tigers. He's been fun to watch. Julio Rodriguez has been killing it. Bobby Witt has been solid since he's been called up. Adley Rushman's in the bigs finally for the Orioles. Austin Hayes for the Orioles as well. There's just so much young talent. The stud veterans are performing. Round four war already halfway through. It's been so fun to watch. Justin Verlander in the American League is the first player in baseball to 10 wins. Vintage Verlander is dealing back from Tommy John, future first ballot Hall of Famer, two-time Cy Young, former MVP, 3,000 strikeouts. He's done it all. And to see him come back in such a strong way has been so powerful and so amazing for baseball when you look at this era of pitching, Verlander, Scherzer, and Kershaw are going to come to mind. And I think with the injury last year and the lull he had at the end of his time in Detroit, people have kind of taken Verlander down a peg from that Kershaw-Scherzer role. But when Verlander's on, he is just as good as those guys. And it's been so fun to watch him The American League is going to have a lot of all-star snubs, I think. Talked about Minnesota's pitching coast. Luis Arez has the highest on-base percentage in baseball, and he's probably not going to be a starter for the all-star game. Absolutely crazy. The National League is not bad either. One guy I wanted to talk about and bring some attention to because the national media is, is trying, but Pittsburgh is really hard to kind of market in baseball. It's, it's not a big baseball town. It's a football town first, hockey town second. But the Pittsburgh Pirates have had three players have games with three home runs this season. That's an amazing feat. But what's even more amazing is their 6'7 shortstop O'Neal Cruz. Now, it was a big shock that O'Neal Cruz was not on the opening day roster for Pittsburgh. He was someone that was highly touted, seemed to have all the tools, was killing it in spring training, and Pittsburgh, being the poverty franchise that it is, decided, we don't want to use up his service time yet, we're going to start him off in the minors. And in the minors, he's launching ridiculous home runs, looking disinterested in playing down there, playing basically below his talent level, he finally gets called up to the bigs. And not only is he the tallest shortstop In baseball history at 6'7", the man mashes top row tanks and throws the baseball at 95 to 100 miles per hour across the base pads to first base. I don't know if he's going to be able to ever put it all together and be consistent. He's been very spotty so far in the big leagues. He doesn't walk, which if you follow sabermetrics at all, players that don't walk usually don't have a good track record for being great players. He could be a good player, an all-star level player, but I don't know if he'll ever be great. But he's still very young. If you can put the discipline with the talent, Pittsburgh's going to be in a really good place with him and Cabrian Hayes on that left side of the infield. And the Pirates, they've had some amazing home run feats this season, like I said, with the three guys hitting three home runs each. And O'Neill Cruz giving them something to watch, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's just so talented, and I think the NL is in a better place when the teams that aren't as strong have some young talent like that. It's really a shame right now with how many players are on the IL, but with how good this baseball season's been, knowing that guys like Fernando Tatis, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Jacob deGrom, Chris Sale are going to be coming back at some point, either before the All-Star break or in the second half of the season. It's really cool, and I think baseball will continue to dominate the summer. All-Star weekend is upon us. We have the All-Star finalists at each position. Aaron Judge and Ronald Acuna guaranteed their spots in the starting lineup by being the top vote-getters in the AL and NL. Ronald Acuna, like I've talked about, finally getting the respect that he should have always had because he's healthy and dominating Aaron judge and the Yankees having a phenomenal season this contract year could not be going better for Aaron judge so far walk-off hits the whole nine yards historic winning streak the Yankees and Braves two of the top teams in each league And it's something where I'm really excited for All-Star Weekend this year. I think that having guys like Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina in their final season, I'm hoping that even if they're not involved in the game or the festivities, that they do get honored in some way at All-Star Weekend. They've been getting honored a lot more since Fenway did them right. And baseball is just a really great thing that I hope that a lot of you that check this out and don't watch as much baseball will start paying attention to some of these teams and players and storylines that I bring up on the show. Because it's a great game. The marketing has been awful, and I hope that regardless if they expand or not in the future, that they worry about building the game through accessibility to the fans instead of just building the game through their pockets talked a lot about baseball today. It's been a huge week for baseball. There's been fights between Angels and the Mariners, and there's been so many different things going on. But football had a pretty big contract extension, someone that I was talking about on the show. Terry McLaurin. gets a three-year, $71 million contract extension with the Washington Commanders. It's a guy that was a captain as a sophomore in the NFL, has been productive from the jump in a bad receiving core, stepping up and being that alpha, being that number one receiver. The speed, the contested catch ability, the yards after catch, he's got it all. And I could not be happier for him. I think this is perfect. Him coming out as a senior declare, I think Washington only extending him for three seasons makes a lot of sense for them because he came into the league a little bit older, so getting him at a good rate while he's still in his prime and allowing Terry the flexibility where if you aren't able to give him a solid quarterback in these next four seasons, having the ability to get a second payday elsewhere to be a number one or a number two with a real good quarterback, I think is a win-win for both teams. I think that Terry McLaurin has been very undervalued across the league and him finally getting his due, I think with the seventh or eighth most guaranteed money at the wide receiver position with $54 million, it's well-deserved. I think that the NFL is having a pretty decent offseason. It's, it's been entertaining. There's been plenty of hype and signings, contract holdouts and all. But I'm really excited for Terry McLaurin to get that bag. Appreciate you guys listening as always. You can follow me on Twitter at DominicMana44. Just wanted to do a quick shout out. My brother, Angelo, just started his own podcast. It runs in the family. You can follow his YouTube page at YJ's face to face and check out his inaugural episode with Kamo, his buddy Kyle. Great conversation if you're into music clothing or art definitely give him a subscribe and check him out hope you guys enjoy your solo shot saturday and have a blessed week peace